Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode. For those who are new, thank you very much for listening. I am Sam North, the trading school lead here at Etoro. And as usual, I am joined by Josh Gilbert, our market analyst based out in Australia. Good to have you with us today, Josh. Yeah, great to be here as always, Sam. Pleasure to, pleasure to be here. Fantastic. I'm, I'm absolutely gutted, to be honest. Obviously, we, we talked last week how this, uh, this podcast could either be a joyful one or not. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'm absolutely gutted. Proud of the, the the England football team, the lads, but uh, to lose on penalties was was devastating. It's really destroyed me and the long wait for football to come home continues. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was probably even more devastating for you actually being at the game as well. Um, I was just watching on TV in lockdown here in Australia, but yeah, look, we came a long way, didn't we? Um, I think the, the football coming home, although it didn't come home, I think it has in the sense of... Uh, you know, uniting a nation, uniting England, when nothing else really could after you know pretty difficult year that you guys have uh, you guys have had at home. So um, overall, I think it was pretty positive. Take, take the positives away from it. <laughs> Absolutely, no, I couldn't agree with that more. It really, uh, really was was good to have people united, and yeah, everyone's proud of the the lads. Um, it actually took me three hours to get home in Wembley. The, the pouring rain, trying to find a cab. And then the cab was 190 pounds. So other than that, it was a, a great experience on on the Good old England, Good old London. <laughs> yeah, I mean, only 15 minutes, uh, 15 minutes, 15 months to Qatar uh, World Cup. And I guess speaking of Qatar, I'd like to actually get out there. I said to you previously, I'd like to have gone to Australia for the Ashes this winter, but of course that's not going to happen. So one thing we've got to keep an eye on, really, in the markets and the world, is is variance. Um, what are your thoughts on on this at the moment? Yeah, well, the Delta variant has uh, has me in lockdown in Sydney, which um, has just been extended by another two weeks today. So I can already say I'm not a fan of this Delta variant. Um, no. But uh, look, yeah, in terms of looking at it from a market perspective and you know, economic standpoint, um, look, it's it's spreading pretty fast in terms of the um how it sort of transmits in the community we've seen here that uh that it can move really really fast and i think that's going to then create more uncertainty once again throughout the world um we had the obviously the big banks report earnings uh, yesterday and then they sort of discussed on there i think in some of the transcripts about the variant coming through and how the there might be a bit of a, a bit of uncertainty and how they can't really predict the outlook from here um but having said that markets have stayed resilient um and i think that comes down to you know higher vaccination rates across the globe i think we're close to maybe 25 26 percent of the 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 world population vaccinated i know the uk is is much higher than that um and obviously we're seeing much fewer hospitalizations and and deaths without sort of being too morbid um but yeah overall i think markets uh, sort of stay resilient to it so yeah on our on our weekly outlook webinar that we do here in the uk and i was doing it with uh, with ben laidley yesterday we were talking about whether the variant situation would be a negative for markets or or, or not and in my opinion i still feel like we're in that that phase where bad news is is good news and whether that be 
let's just say really poor data or it's really poor sort of variant headlines overall equity markets seem to sort of brush that off do you feel that is the case or, or do you actually think this could be a significant hurdle for equities or maybe stocks more in general yeah um look i think at the moment as you say despite the bad news it is obviously you know it's taking that positive spin um you have to say that because markets are trading at record highs right um <laughs> we saw last night the 39th or the 40th record high from the s p 500 this year um which is uh pretty interesting but you um, be okay, there with you right now no <laughs> you can't be really in this market um but i think it will obviously affect those assets that are more sensitive um to this sort of reopening trade if you like and, and sectors that will struggle again like travel etc yeah. Um, we've already seen on the local market here in Australia that, that travel is the first thing that, that obviously sells off from that. So those sort of reopening sectors and the, the reflation trade, if you like, um, might struggle, obviously, from the, the Delta variants. But overall, when we look at the, the S&P so far this year, bond yields have sort of continued to trade lower. It was slightly up last night, uh, about 1.4%. But um but yeah, overall, like like you say, bad news seems to be positive uh, sort of at the moment. And I think a key thing, obviously, going into earnings season, this this sort of this quarter, obviously, like I said, had the banks last night, but it's likely to support markets with a strong upside. I think 65% year over year growth is the expectations with some um, outlooks of even 100% growth in some areas. But look, I mean, it's certainly something for investors to keep an eye on. We may see volatility pick up with it over the next sort of couple of weeks. And the VIX is trading at sort of pre-pandemic lows. Is sort of you know, we're we're seeing that sort of the volatility move out of the markets, and it might cause a little bit of volatility pickup. But at the moment, um, seems that it's sort of pretty strong. And I think that you know, as I say, a big earnings season and a strong um, sort of surprise um, from earnings season will uh, will sort of you know provide that support that markets need. Yeah, decent. Well, moving on to earnings, we had JP Morgan, we had Goldman Sachs yesterday. Uh, or out on Tuesday, depending when you guys are listening. Uh, what were your your takes um, on their release upon initial re- uh, reflection? Yeah, markets didn't seem to like the the reports. Um, both banks reported better than expected earnings, revenue, etc. Across the board, Goldman was was the standout big earnings beat there. Um, but yeah, as I say, both sort of saw the sort of drop in their share prices um, overnight, which wasn't huge but probably down to the fact that the sort of the upside that we saw was slightly expected um, and i think the market has probably priced that in slightly but yeah the market was sort of slightly disappointed i think um many felt that the bar was was sort of set slightly uh slightly low on the expectations um but i mentioned it a minute ago about sort of the vix and the volatility levels and i think one of the negatives out of both the reports was the sort of the, the trading revenues um, I think was a, one of the negatives to, to sort of come out of both of the reports as we've seen that market volatility drop significantly. Um, you know, when we saw the volatility that we had earlier in the year, we saw volumes increase um, and we sort of sort of see them married up. And it's, it's interesting, really, because investors usually say that they don't want volatility and they don't like it. But it's sort of a contrast at the moment, um, you know, and when we see the VIX trading higher, we see volumes increase and, and vice versa. So clearly investors uh, actually are do secretly like the volatility. Um, but uh, look, I think overall, looking at both reports, we, you have to take the positives from it. Um, so dividend increases from both. Um, Goldman's increase was up at 60%, which will obviously be positive for those income investors. Um, obviously, you know, flowing that capital back in. 
um, especially off of, uh, you know, having had to stop the buybacks and the dividend payments throughout 2020. Um, Goldman also posted its second highest investment banking quarter, uh, about 3.61 billion, which was 36% increase year over year, slightly lower than uh, than Q1. And that was on the back of, I think I mentioned in the last podcast in regards to that sort of higher IPO, SPAC and M&A activity sort of over that time as well. But overall, looking at JP and, and Goldman, both are still relatively cheap. Um, they're both, as we said, uh, able to buy back a lot more shares than they were able to last year. Um, and if we do see bond yields uh, start to rise, um, then obviously the the banks are going to be more sensitive to that. And I think you know investors looking to gain exposure to the financial sector, um, you know, should definitely keep it on their radar. And to do that, you know, always a great example is you know an ETF such as the XLF, which can give you that exposure to the, the financial sector. And as I mentioned, it's a you know, relatively cheap sector still uh, at the moment. Um, Anything from from a technical standpoint on both of those two, Sam, that stands out? Or yeah, I mean, you you make good points there about sort of the you know going into the, to the release. You know, we're maybe expecting good things from earnings season in general. So I think you might have that whole buy the rumor, sell the fact um, sort of headline over the next few weeks for some of these earnings. I mean, speaking of you know. I mean, well, the XLF actually is just on, on a bit of resistance now at 37. It'd be interesting to see if that can, can get above. But yeah, I was looking at, at JP yesterday and I was saying on the uh, the webinar I was doing that it's with, with earnings like this, there's no harm in sort of waiting to see how the rest of the session digests it. So we actually finished, well, what are we trading at now? I mean, we obviously market's closed. We finished trading yesterday at 155 and you've got massive resistance at, at 157 so we closed below there not a victory for the bulls it's either wait for price to get back above there and 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 go again or or sort of see if we find support a bit lower down and as you mentioned goldman sachs came down a touch as well also very similar that we did find a bit of resistance we finished below a recent high doesn't necessarily look good technically right now but overall earnings expected to be you know pretty good it's just how good do they have to be for us to continue to push on and on uh, and on? Uh, are there any for you, Josh, any other earnings you're, you're keeping a close eye on? I see next week, just looking at a calendar I've got in front of me, that we have Netflix, we've got Snap and Twitter. They're all releasing. Yeah, um, and it's a good point. Three names, really, that haven't had it plain sailing. And I think it will be interesting for all three of these names going in. We talked about expectations and um, the market expecting something. And I think it would be difficult to predict for any of these three really going in. Um, again, we, we probably expect upside surprises again, but we'll start with Netflix. I think it's a difficult place at the moment. It's obviously had a really difficult year. I think we look at the the chart, it's stayed relatively flat over the last year. Um, and I think it may be growing about 3%, but it's so sort of up and down over the last year or so um i just think there needs to be a spark it needs to be something that needs to reinvent themselves i think you know we, we're just not going to see the same growth from them that we saw throughout 2020 and i think it's putting investors off that we saw some really weak subscriber numbers in q1 and i think they um, outlined that subscriber numbers will be pretty low in this report as well um but you know possibly we could see maybe a, an upward surprise in subscriber numbers obviously we're in lockdown here in australia other countries in asia are also in lockdown we saw obviously the tokyo olympics say this week but they're not going to have 
um, spectators in and things like that. So we could see maybe a, a surprise there if if that Delta variant has locked certain countries down and put restrictions in. Yeah, possibly okay. something to, to to look at. Again, the the numbers were expected to be weak. You know, the guidance from Netflix was very very low. So it could be an, an easy upward surprise if there is you know something there, something to watch. But you know, really that competition from Disney and Amazon is is really really weighing heavy on them at the moment. I think Snap. Um, it's had a has had a great year. It's really managed to find its feet again. I remember, you know, when it sort of listed uh, when it came to market, it was it was sort of, you know, all the hype and it was, you know, uh, you know, really exciting stock at the time. But it really struggled for sort of two to three years after its IPO. It sort of again traded really quite range bound. It didn't really do anything. It took about three years to even sort of make a positive return from its initial sort of listing price. But this year, it's up about one hundred sixty nine percent. Their losses are, are narrowing. Um, active users are increasing, um, but the ch- recent changes to Apple's privacy policy could could affect um, how Snap um, uses their ads to target customers. So something to watch there. But I think with something like Snap, and again, usually how I always try to to pick stocks or how I look at stocks is is what's around me and and how you know everybody else is using it. You know, great example if if there's ever a queue uh, outside a shop, it's always a good example. Whenever I walk past <laughs> Sydney streets, whether it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there is always a queue outside Apple. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's just you know simple simple sort of uh, strategies in terms of investing and and um, my my cousin he's a he's a Gen Z and uh, and all of these guys are using this app at the moment. Um, they what they used to talk. I think where probably back in the day, Sam, we probably used to use you know Facebook and MSN and things like that. Um, you know that's a good sign. You know if these Gen Zs are using it, there's obviously positivity there. If they can keep growing those active users. There's positivity. Um, so that's what I tend to look for. So it's always good. And and then the same with, with Twitter, really. Twitter is sort of becoming a um, an, an app and a, and a social platform that sort of seems to be that everyone is using, but they sort of then struggle to really ch- sort of translate that into to, to sort of growth um, and, and revenues. They had a mixed earnings in Q1. Um, share price tumbled about 11% um, after they missed on the expectations of, of monetized users. And I think they have struggled with that in terms of turning users um, into to revenue effectively. Um, and they also pointed towards lower growth um, in, in this quarter. So it'll be an interesting one to watch there. Again, it may struggle in the near term, um, as I think, again, you know, there with there's areas we, we sort of, bit of a catch 22 here we're talking about people wanting to get back out again after after sort of covid probably less use of social media once again after 2020 so numbers are likely to drop there but again delta variant maybe people lockdowns turning back to it again difficult to really say but i think longer term there's still growth there um you know i'd probably say if if any of them twitter may cause you know a bit of a bit of a surprise but um yeah again twitter is one that i think has a lot of potential if it can sort of really live up to the expectations that are there um and that just comes to to a strategy that the management can can sort of deliver over the next few years so yeah an interesting one to to watch out of all three maybe like i say twitter could be one but possibly going back on what i just said maybe netflix could be the the surprise um if this delta variant is is locking people down so no, good point. And yeah, it's, uh, it's something I didn't quite consider, but absolutely. But if, if we go into or countries, areas go into lockdowns, yeah, social media and all of these streaming channels should, in theory, do quite well. It's interesting you mentioned about about Snap, how your cousins are, are using that to talk to people. And I speak to 
to some of my friends and and their friends who uh, who have kids and they all use snapchat and if you use whatsapp you're considered to be old so yeah. uh yeah consider me old then um but yeah that really surprised me when i heard that a few months ago but apparently it's all all they use now um so- and it's, and, uh, something similar to that as well is um if we, we look at like roblox you know, roblox listed i think last year like the esports side of it mm. um and you know back along I, I did a few um sort of interviews about it um and some of like the the older um presenters had said that, that you know they know who roblox is because their kids are, are spending their card on roblox <laughs> yeah. um and i thought that was really interesting you know if we're starting really early with these kids you know gaming and spending well, their their parents cards uh, i that's... mean i was I, I, the, one of the boys that i went to wembley with on the weekend he's a school teacher and his parents have been teachers for for many a year and i was just speaking to him about oh it's the world cup like got everyone in school buzzing he was like to be honest, kids nowadays are not really into to sport as much as they were. Like obviously the World Cup or the Euros can get people more into it, but kids these days this is less sport, more gaming. It's which yeah. I thought was incredible. Like back in our back in our day, you know, the, the sport comes on, it's football, 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 it's rugby, everyone's into it. But now it seems, yeah, that that esports, that gaming is 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 really taking over. So yeah, times are changing or times have changed, I guess. Um Last but by no means least, we've got our, our usual crypto update. What are your what are your thoughts at the moment? Yeah, market has started to, to sell off a bit again today. Um, well, throughout the day here, and I was probably overnight for for you. Um, sort of traced back down to sort of that thirty one and a half level. Tested that again today. Ethereum below sort of nineteen hundred. Um, yeah, interestingly, Bitcoin sort of sold off on the on the on the back of that inflation reading yesterday with the sort of higher expected uh, CPI number, um, and I think what's key here is that the discussion has always been that Bitcoin can offer, uh, you know, a hedge against inflation. Um, I think you know, look, it's still in such an infant stage that it's really difficult to have any sort of read on that. But you know what we saw, um, what we've seen so far this year is sort of really shown the opposite. It's not been able to do that at all. Whether this is maybe a catalyst now that could maybe push Bitcoin higher, I don't know. But it hasn't reacted well to that at all. Um, I think we we've rejected the thirty five thousand level um, over the last sort of month or so. Um, that seems like a key resistance at the moment, which we sort of sort of changed there. Um, and I think that's a, a level to look at before we even start having to look at that 40K level, which is we've mentioned 40K a few times to be able to, you know, go back to the, the highs that we saw. We need to stay above that. But yeah, at the moment, in terms of that shorter term level, it, it seems to, to sort of not really be able to, to keep that 35,000 level. Um, and yeah, I think look, really at the moment we, we need some. You know, I think there needs to be a catalyst or, you know, something that comes through, because if not, I think the bear still may be in charge for a little bit longer and could see maybe a, you know, more, you know, a lower low than what we've seen so far. I said, I think previously that maybe the lows have started to get a bit higher, but maybe, maybe that will change over the next couple of weeks. Um, interestingly, I talk about sort of catalysts and fundamentals. We've seen some um, interesting news with Visa uh, over the last sort of few weeks. And they've partnered with 50 crypto uh, companies to offer visa credit cards to their clients which will enable them to convert um, and actually just spend digital assets through the worldwide merchants the visa has which is 17 million um, which will obviously improve the means of of use so it means that you know effectively um that it's a it's a, it's a fundamental sign that there is the world is beginning to adopt crypto um, and names such as visa are obviously helping helping with that but obviously you know eToro as well is, is launching their own visa debit card which will be available 
very soon for for all customers um, and all uh, clients very soon. But it just shows the way in which consumers are choosing to to use um, their capital at the moment. And there's obviously that interest there in in the crypto space. Um, as we mentioned before, from retail with the talk of uh, ETFs, etc., sort of coming through. Um, so that's definitely you know a really interesting point to look at. But overall, I think technical levels from my point um, look pretty weak. Um, even if some of you know things like this, the fundamental side of it is is still quite positive. Um, what's your read on that, Sam? Completely the same. I think yeah, it's good to have these these murmurings, you know, Visa and the the better outlook but yeah at the moment you know it's uh, a nice saying isn't it trade what you see and at the moment the bears are in control we're breaking support you know of course we can reverse today and next thing you know with bitcoin we're above 35 36 000. i'm not expecting that to happen but it could just the, the beauty of the beast uh, but at the moment I, I think the bears are in control despite those those positive headlines which for me as a longer term bull and like yourself that's what you want to see right you know and it's just, I guess, identifying value areas to, to get in for, for the longer term would be sort of my my play for now. That's how I see it anyway. But uh, we'll, we'll, as usual, keep everyone updated every time we do the podcast. But look, thank you very much for, for joining as usual, Josh. I mean, next week here in the UK, we've got the Monday webinar, the weekly outlook. We've got the Market Watch on the Tuesday. We've also got a free park course Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So do head over to the Toro Trading School guys to, to check that out, sign up. It's all free, of course. But Josh, thank you very much. And we'll, uh, we'll catch up next week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a great rest of the week, everyone. Take care, guys. Have a good one. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com. <laughs>